With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Three guys who feel totally violated by all the European privacy laws, and we kind of like it. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Jameson Cheeseman. I'm Chad. How many did they sell? So wash. And I'm leaving stress until the Congress. Funny you know them. <laughs> and on this episode, Personio gets laid. Who'd you rather? And Amazon's excessive intrusiveness. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Dude, that's laid off. That's delayed. That's laid off. Oh, I read that headline <laughs> wrong. Oh, oh, damn it. It's okay. Because those Germans get nuts. Those Germans get out of control. I know it. I that's know it. I've, I've seen the Oktoberfest videos on TikTok. <laughs> Levin, have you been to Oktoberfest? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. No. I'm definitely going someday. I've never been to the real one in Munich. Never. That's it. We're recording Close. an episode at some point. In Oktoberfest, at Oktoberfest. There's no reason not to. There's no reason not to. We <laughs> should. We're manifesting it right now. That's We're right. going to make it happen. And sponsored by Personio at this point. They don't know it yet, but they're going to be sponsoring our trip to Oktoberfest. <laughs> they don't have to know it. They don't have to know They don't it. have to That's know. all good. That's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so Levin's been busy. I'd say we get right to his shout out because he's got a tight schedule with this conference coming up. Levin, what's going on? Do you know how much work it is to organize a congress? No clue. I do. Chad does know. Chad knows. If you ever feel about maybe getting into organizing congresses, just uh, forget about it and do something else. But I think <laughs> everything now is more or less okay. What's Rika going to say when she hears that? Hi, Rika. Hi, Rika. <laughs> but, uh, 
Hi, Rika. How are you? I don't know. She'll say it's your job and uh, get on it or something. Get it done. Yes. Get it done and don't complain. Don't whine. Something like that. That's Rika. That sounds like Rika. But we still love her. Oh, well. So the Congress, uh, it's still March 19th. Everything is okay by now. The mm. um, registrations are coming in. I saw something about, uh, was it Unleash, who were uh, boasting to have 900 uh, people. Reg- yeah. Wreckfest. Yeah. It was Wreckfest. I'm yep. sorry. Registering even before the website was up or something. Mm-hmm. We have 300. So already. So it's uh, it's, it's almost the same thing. Uh, it's almost the same thing. Intimacy. Because you've got 750 seats only. Yeah. That's correct? Yeah, that's right. So okay. they'll be filled. Yeah. Yep. And they can be filled at half price if you go to chadcheese.com slash events. Hell yeah. That's right. Up in the header, you're going to see a beautiful e-recruitment Congress. It's going to be nice. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, there's going to be a registration button. Just hit the registration button. Use the uh, discount code. That'll be right there. And next thing you know, kids, half off. So sexy. And I would prefer to sell all those seats for the full price. But uh, <laughs> if you really, really insist, you can use the promo you'll find on the chat and cheese website. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Rika. Sorry, I, they, they, they made me do it. Oh, yeah, we did. Love some Rika. Love some Rika. What do you got, Chad, for shout outs? Oh, baby. You know what time it is. Oh, no. Shout out time for Wrexham. Shout out time for Wrexham. <laughs> Gia Wrexham shout out from Chad. Shocker. If you listen to the show, you know I love me some Wrexham. You know I yep. love me some welcome to Wrexham. Although Wrexham sells more than Arsenal. That's right, kids. Arsenal. In the USA. And from my understanding, uh, Arthur Agonquo, who is the newest uh, keeper for Wrexham, is one of the, the biggest selling jerseys. So big shout out to Wrexham. Europe, there's one thing that America, America can do better than anybody else in the world. That's productize <laughs> and monetize. Productize and monetize. And that's exactly what we did. So shout out to Wrexham and uh, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And shout out, shout out secondarily to China, uh, who sponsors uh, Wrexham with TikTok, who clearly is probably amping the algorithm to sell more TikTok jerseys. I mean, Wrexham jerseys <laughs> in the United States. That's a good one, Chad. Uh, are you going to make it to Wrexham this year? You're, you you have it in your, your schedule, right? You're going to make it to Wrexham? I am right now planning after Wreckfest to be able to shoot up to, uh, to, to Wrexham and uh, hopefully catch a match. If not catch a match, I have to take a look at schedules. Uh, at least just uh, check out the place, for God's sakes. Have a beer around the stadium. I have a sneaking suspicion that you won't be the only American walking around in Wrexham no. uh, this this time of yeah. year. Thanks with to a the, Wrexham jersey on. Yeah, yeah. thanks to the the success of the show. I feel like there'll be a few Americans there. Well, my shout out goes out to no Americans whatsoever. The Six Nations. Rugby tournament is happening uh, as we as we record this podcast. What is this? So so this is great. This to our American friends and anyone else that it's probably mm. available to. Netflix now has a documentary on Six Nations. They look at last year's tournament. They highlight each team. They highlight the best players from those teams and the coaches. And it's a real nice introductory to rugby and the six nations and, and the countries and the personalities around it. So I, for one, kind of interested in this. Yeah. Ireland is a juggernaut that is looking to be a back-to-back Grand Slam champion, uh, which has never been done, apparently. Uh, they just beat France 38-17, to 17, and France is arguably the second best team 
Um, Scotland had a big comeback win uh, this past weekend. So there's good stuff here. It's not quite as accessible in America television-wise yeah. as I would like yeah. it to be, but it is, it is kind of a cool deal. These countries get really fired up as they normally do. They don't, they don't go to war anymore. They play rugby and soccer, and this is a great way to, I don't know, experience the passion around uh, beating each other up on a rugby field because they can't <laughs> do it on a battlefield. So shout out from me to the Six Nations Rugby Tournament. And then also Netflix, because Netflix is putting out some amazing global content. They just put out uh, a limited series around the World Cup, Mm -hmm. uh, soccer, or as you will know in Europe as football, and uh, focused on captains. So it's it's entitled Captains, following Messi, Ronaldo, all the big captains. So they're doing some amazing, amazing work in being able to to kind of get that that divide mm-hmm. across the divide for for rugby, uh, football slash soccer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And don't forget, they just signed the WWE uh, contract to, to to show that on. So between that and there's also a NASCAR documentary. We're really Really exporting Americanism to the rest Ooh. of the world, thanks to Netflix. Thank God for Six Nations. Drop <laughs> <laughs> it! All right, let's get right to the news, everybody. A Munich-based Personio has laid off 101 employees, constituting 5% of its workforce, primarily from its technology and product departments. They said the move is a strategic decision to strengthen its position in the market and advance its product roadmap. In case you missed it, Personio, valued at $8.5 billion, specializes in providing recruitment services to SMEs, and they operate in multiple locations globally, serving over 10,000 clients across Europe with a workforce of 2,100 employees. Chad, what are your thoughts on the Personio headcount reduction? So we've we've seen over the years that VC and PE really focus on headcount growth after they give out the money, right? They want to see heads. They want to see butts and seats to be able to demonstrate success. I know that. You're going to need people to drive innovation and product. But when a lot of these unicorn companies get crazy amounts of cash, they are expected. They are expected by VC and PE to just flush headcount growth. This is what the the end result becomes in many cases. Then we look at the founder. We 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 point our finger at the founder and say, "Why did you do this? This is this is ridiculous." It is, but they are at the whims in many cases of PE and VC. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this shouldn't be a surprise. And we're going to see a lot more of this from other unicorns, which we have already, but we'll see more uh, that had to, they had to go down the same road. They had to, they were told to. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So let me give you, let me give you three letters on my commentary. Oh, I, Jesus Christ. P and O. These guys were talking about IPO yeah. a year ago. Uh, in 23 of January, and it's now a year later, and they've been still been talking about IPO. Uh, we we released a while back, coming to America. Uh, they've opened up an office in New York City. They continue to grow their their headcount in Europe, uh, and they need to cut some costs if they're going to go IPO. They need to add a little bit to the bottom line, like Chad mentioned. They are not yet profitable even after raising $724 million. Cutting headcount is a great way to boost the bottom line and look great on Wall Street. So I think that's a big part of of the move to lay off 
uh, a fairly modest 5% of your workforce. I think the second thing to, to point out is that uh, most of the people laid off were in the technology and product departments. I have to wonder as Meta, you know, Meta stock goes up 20% in Mark Zuckerberg's year of efficiency. If there's not a lot of pressure from investors to say, hey, do we really need that much in, in the way of technology and product? And that pressure is coming down on everyone and Personio is part of that. So they probably overhired in 22 and 23 in the tech and product department. They are now making uh, a change to balance that out by laying off more tech and product people. And as a side note, I think we're going to see a lot more companies laying off their tech and product people. Thanks to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook slash Meta's year of efficiency. Time will tell if 24 is the year that we see the Personio IPO, but I think this headcount reduction is a sign that they still are on track for a 2024 IPO. Could be, could be, but I think I read somewhere that they're planning on hiring 150 new profiles or they're laying off 100 persons, but they're hiring more. So I don't think it's a budget cut. Could be, but um, I think when a company is growing, when they're evolving at a certain point, they'll need different specialties and they'll need other skills than they used to need. So sometimes you can reskill people and you can have them grow with you. But sometimes those people just don't want to or they can't be reskilled. And sometimes it's just good to have new blood in the company. So I don't think it's it's that's weird to have 5% of your people laid off. Now it's drastic because it's, it's all at once. But there's a normal turnaround. 5% isn't that much. And it still sucks, of course, for the people getting laid off. It's, it's, it's always a blow. Didn't, it didn't really strike me as something unexpected or anything. I do have a problem, though, with the valuation of $8 billion for a company that still isn't profitable. I, I mean, it's, it's absurd. There are so many companies making decent amounts of money that could use a bit of uh, extra cash to grow even faster. But probably someone knows something I don't, and they're happily investing and continue, continuously doing so. Is it known, by the way, what revenue they have? I couldn't find it immediately. Yeah, Angry reported that they're not a profitable company yet. So wherever they got it from, we don't know revenues. But uh, they could have a lot of, of, of revenue, but maybe they're... Costs are even higher, I don't know. But um, I'm not sure about the revenue. If the revenue was growing fast, then it would make sense to give them a real big valuation because maybe in two years they would become very profitable like Tesla did, for example. They, they've been burning money for years and suddenly they're making cash like, like water. But I don't think this is the case here, but I'm not sure. So for me... I don't know. Whatever. I think, uh, you know, Chad and I talked on the weekly show uh, about Vonk, a successful European company coming to America, yep. hiring, you know, top talent and getting a team around that is, is by all accounts, a great team. Wheels come off, talent leaves, laid off like that did not work out for Vonk. So as Personio looks to come to America, uh, I hope they listen to that episode and look at Vonk as an example of like, knowing how difficult it is uh, for a European company to come to America. So I don't know where those <clears throat> those additional staff came from, but they're going to have to hire people in America. And hopefully for them, they do it right, because uh, it has gone very wrong for many companies in Europe that are trying to come to America. 
Yeah. I want to say your prediction in 2024 of no IPO. I don't see this happening in 2024. They're, I think they're getting ready for 2025. I don't think as many people look at Zuckerberg as you'd like to think that they do uh, or Elon Musk. I think if they want to use them as an excuse to do something, maybe, but that's not why they're doing it. Um, and at the end of the day, also, you're talking about the cycles leaving. And I agree 100%. You've got a cycle of the type of talent that you need in, a, in an organization. And we, we've got to remember, these guys are still somewhat of a startup, right? They've got a shit ton of cash to start their startup. And the cycle is you build the product, right? And then and then you have that MVP and then you go to market. Well, a lot of these companies who got a, lot, a shit ton of cash, after they did the MVP, they didn't turn on the revenue jets and focus on, okay, the product's built to, to an MVP level. Now let's go sell the shit out of it, get into a revenue generating cycle. And then start to build more features and whatnot later. I think a lot of these unicorns, unfortunately, they don't follow that normal cycle. And this is what we're seeing happens. PE forces headcount head growth, headcount growth. And then also you see that they skip a few steps because they got so much fucking cash. There are probably one or two Facebook shareholders that uh, would disagree with your sentiment on Mark Zuckerberg. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> And we'll play a little game of Who'd You Rather. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, it's that time again. We all know how to play a little. Who would you rather? In case you don't know, we talk about two companies that have recently raised money and each of us Sounds off on who we'd rather. What are you doing, step bro? <laughs> All right. In one corner, we have London-based Hire Aura has raised 527,000 euros in seed funding for its AI-powered candidate presentation platform designed for recruitment agencies. The platform enables recruiters to showcase their brand and candidates effectively to hiring clients, thereby expediting the placement of candidates in new roles. The seed funding will support the expansion of Hire Aura's sales team, introduce two new content products in 2024, and advance its mission to modernize the recruitment industry. That is Hire Aura. And in the opposing corner, we have... Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! That's right. It's Glasgow-based Poetry HR. They've successfully concluded an early-stage funding round to accelerate their mission of providing talent acquisition and recruitment process outsourcing solutions to the U.S. and U.K. markets. The funding will be utilized to expand the product and technology team, as well as to promote the company's 30 generative AI-powered recruiter enablement solutions through marketing campaigns. The co-founder and director and friend of the show, Adam Gordon, has also founded Candidate ID, which was acquired by iSEMS. The startup touts over 280 companies as users. Investors in the round include Recruiting Ventures, Doug Berg, 
and some asshole named Chad Sowash. So guys, that is our two that is our two two competing companies. Chad, you are commenting on why you're investing, but not exclusive. We're gonna, we're just gonna guess that you're gonna rather do, uh, do poetry. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I'll be. Sh- Please feel free to not, because it'd make for a great show. But otherwise, let's go to you <laughs> in terms of of who'd you rather, and why'd you invest in poetry, HR. Yeah. So in, in advising uh, founders over the years, I mean, one of the things that, that we've talked on the show, uh, firing squad after firing squad is always bet on the jockey, right? And th- there are two amazing jockeys at poetry. You've got Adam Gordon and you've got Mike Hughes. And I was with them, an investor and also an advisor with Candidate ID. And not only did they blow that one out of the water from an expectation standpoint, um, they were they were able to switch and go directly into something that we've been talking about for years. The recruiter desktop is a fucking mess. There are 27,000 tabs that they have open. They've got 30 different platforms they have to use, yada, yada, yada. And Joel and I, you and I have been talking about, you know, the platform to rule them all for shit about seven years now. At this point, the platform to rule them all is not going to exist. What's going to exist is the uh, recruiter desktop that allows the enablement of pretty much all of these systems in in one screen, right? Or at least the connectivity between that. And then being able to use AI to, to, to create that efficiency. So two things. We've got these amazing founders who I already have experience with, right? If And it's 2 a.m. in the bar, you're definitely going to go to the hot blonde that you already know. And then secondarily, I mean, they, they've got a they've got a, a road of success in the space. They've got connections and they know exactly where they want to go to be able to look for an exit, which is one of the reasons why I love these guys. I'm incredibly biased, um, but uh, definitely poetry all day. I poppy. Just for the record, uh, the girls that I knew, I had a less chance of with than the girls I didn't know because <laughs> they knew, knew what I shared. A jerk I was. <laughs> the best companies are are ones that typically become time machines. In other words, they give you time back. They save you time because time is money. So if I can save you time, then you're more willing or more able or more likely to use my product than if you have to actually invest more time in your day to use the product. And frankly, that's a big problem with a lot of the products in our space is they require more time and energy uh, to figure them out than they than they do save save you time. So both of these services <clears throat> make a really hard hard sell to how much time they're going to to save you. And if you go to Hire Our site, there's literally a calculator where you can put in your recs and your employees and like put in the numbers and it'll spit out exactly how much time uh, you'll be saving with the product, which is kind of cool. I like the ROI uh, calculator. Poetry, on the other hand, <clears throat> exclusively, or not exclusively, but uh, they highlight um, extensively that they will save recruiters 31 minutes per day by using uh, their product. So they've actually, I don't know how Adam came up. It sounds like some Scottish math to me, but I don't know how they got so granular <laughs> that they can say 31 <laughs> minutes. I'm surprised he didn't throw in like 22 seconds or something um, to make it more exact. So both these companies are looking to save you time. To me, this comes down to the jockey. Uh, I'll echo Chad's sentiments. Adam has a great reputation, at least outside of the, out of Scotland. And within Scotland, I don't know. He's a little sketchy and shady. But outside of Scotland, I think he's, he's a solid dude. He's got a track record. He has uh, done a fantastic job of branding himself. Uh, as well as his organizations within the industry. 
you know, he'll, he'll talk about like, Hey, when I'm starting a company, I'm wearing a kilt, I'm going to these crazy firing squad things and like being nutty because he knows how to sell a product. And that's going to translate into more than likely selling this product in six months to a year, uh, maybe a little longer, uh, for a better price, but he is, he's in the pole position to sell this thing. So jockey wise, uh, poetry is, is, uh, is, is head and shoulders, I think above the founders of Higher Ara. In terms of the product, for me, there's just not much of a moat to say, here's a CV and we're going to translate it into like kind of a cute, branded, maybe highlighted or kind of a TLDR version of, of the resume and then, and then sell that as a staffing firm. I don't see a ton of value there and I don't see a ton of like a moat where other people can't do that in a pretty quick and easy way, particularly with AI, the way that it is to be able to, to take content and put it in a format that is more easily readable by your by your customers. I don't see a big moat there. In contrast, poetry, more of a moat. They have competition. They're probably going to see more. But I feel like there's more of an emotional connection because if I build my tools within poetry, I have a connection there. It's a it's personal. Uh, to me, it feels uh, warm and fuzzy. It feels, you know, the connection is there and it's real. Both companies are priced pretty similarly. I don't feel like it's a, both of these guys will probably be acquired uh, at some point. The staffing space in the UK is really competitive and, and people are spending money there as well. But but for me, yeah, as much as it as much as it pains me to give uh, Adam Gordon, uh, you know, more, more pub, <laughs> I'm going to go with poetry as my who'd you rather congratulations adam leaving cool but did i get it right adam gordon didn't only invest in poetry but also in higher ara say what that's great so they both are looking for an exit <laughs> i guess so and uh, adam gordon says about higher ara i've invested in higher ara because i can see that their technology is a logical adoption for every agency big and small and that it can save thousands, blah, blah, blah. But uh, they're quoting him, so it must be true. Anyways, when I was doing my homework, I said, okay, if Adam Gordon, my favorite Scotchman. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap. There's one even, whatever. Um, is investing in uh, higher era that must be doing something good. But then I heard about poetry and he's even launching it. So I think I'll go for both. <laughs> yeah. Just like Adam did. <laughs> That's right. He went for two. He went for the boats and the hose. Everybody, that is another episode of Who'd You Rather? It looks like poetry is poetry in motion. All right, let's go to a company that is not so much Chad's favorite company, Amazon. Well, France's data watchdog has fined Amazon's French arm over 27 million pounds or 35 million euros, wherever you're listening from, for implementing a, uh, quote, excessively intrusive surveillance system to monitor staff performance. The system included indicators tracking employees' inactivity time and the speed of scanning items deemed illegal and excessive by investigators. Amazon disagrees with the fine and will probably appeal asserting the necessity of industry standard warehouse management systems for safety, quality, and efficiency. Critics say the broader context highlights the ongoing global conversation on the balance between workplace monitoring and employee privacy. Chad, what are your thoughts on Amazon getting pinched in France? 
I get the the safety concerns, right? If that was the case, maybe they would uh, they they would slow down the belts a little bit and and not force uh, some of their employees to piss in garbage cans when they're you know on, on the line. It's a little bit of a balance here. They're they're trying to tiptoe uh, you know around the tulips. I I don't see any employee wanting to be monitored. Okay, whether it's a, a monitoring system that's on their computer or or in a in a warehouse, uh, but at the end of the day especially in Europe, this is not going to fly. If they want these practices to work, they're just going to have to use them in the US because we'll, we'll allow that shit all day. So I think in Europe, uh, they, need, they need to have a much different business model in being able to ensure that their quote unquote safety is actually happening versus the US. <laughs> so we talked recently about uh, Google in South Korea. And Google, Google behaving like an American <laughs> company in Korea, which has led to uh, people not leaving the, the office and uh, just doing what they, Americans they were would requested not do. to resign. Yes, requested they were resign. requested to yeah, resign. Go listen to the episode if you want to <laughs> hear about this. But my point is that Americans coming to foreign countries, behaving like American companies, and then thinking that people will behave in a similar way. Uh, is now biting Amazon in the ass, just like it has Google and Facebook <laughs> and others. So uh, America, yeah, we're we're cool with peeing in trash cans. We're cool with monitor, you know, like we expect monitoring. No, we're not. Well, I mean, <laughs> we do it, uh, and Amazon is still making a lot of money, and my wife is still ordering oh, yeah. from Amazon. So uh, it does work from that perspective. Uh, you you can't go to Europe and expect things to go uh, the way that they do in America. The question for me is, is a 35 million euro fine a big deal to Amazon? I mean, no, it's not. No. But so they, you know, they'll, no. they'll tweak their shit in France and try to get around as much as they can with by still keeping. They'll appeal like they said. They'll draw this thing out. Um, will other countries that Amazon is in in Europe also file suit? Probably. Is it built into Amazon's uh, budget? Probably. So is, is are things really going to change in any any significant way? Not today, not tomorrow, maybe 10 years from now. But as far as I can see, this is Amazon playing the American game of let's go to the courts and let's string this thing out. And if there is a fine, well, we'll just go to the uh, couch cushions and find the money, write a check and it's business as usual full steam ahead for companies as big as Amazon. I've been following the company since 2015, and it's been a whole series of stories about wrongdoing to their own employees. And it's been that way for, I guess, even longer than I've been following them. So they're called the low price and low wage giants. And I've got a problem with that. If their owner is the richest man in the world, then you should uh, grant your own colleagues something as well and i guess the the board gets lots of money and the top management gets lots of lots of money but i was told and i'm not sure if it's still the case but it was definitely a few years ago in germany if you wanted to work at amazon and the warehouses so the, the lowest paid jobs you had to do a tryout which wasn't paid for weeks and then you might be accepted or you maybe you weren't accepted and now you didn't get any pay at all. And uh, this is called slavery, I feel. <laughs> so I've got a problem with it. But I'm not sure if it's still the case and I'm not going to look into it. But um, you, you can still quit your job and work somewhere else in Europe, right? Of course. But um, the problem is with um, if there are the people working in those warehouses, 
they don't have that many options. Those are mostly uh, refugees, people um, fleeing from some a situation which was even worse. And they arrive in Germany and the only job they are easily accepted for a free tryout is at Amazon's. It sounds like internships here in the U.S. Uh, so it, it, to, to Joel's to, to Joel's point is, you know, 35, I mean, the, the fine was nothing. Um, but you've got to remember after Google was fined $2.4 billion in 2017, um, they, they started thinking twice. I think France is not a country you want to fuck with, right? There are many European countries you do not want to fuck with when it comes to fining. And I think what's going to happen is this is going to be a slap on the wrist. It continues to happen. They're going to go after a percentage of sales. And when that happens, then that will actually change the whole behavior of how Amazon starts treating this particular topic, right? They're going to, they're still going to screw people over in a million different ways, but in this topic, they will change, but they're going to have to be forced to change. And I don't think playing uh, chicken with France, who is known to be the nation of rebellion, for God's sakes, that's the smart way to go. Leave and we're going to let you get back to work because you've got a conference <laughs> yeah, to prepare yeah. for. Yes, Rika. Rest, Rika. I'm coming. <laughs> Boys, another one is in the can. We out. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt, but save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite Western, you can't quit them either. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.